Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centred, Word-based and Spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. You excited for this morning? Why don't we pray? Father, we are so thankful that we get to come around Your Word today. Lord, Your Word is truth. Your Word is powerful. Your Word is eternal. And I pray, Lord, that Your Word would have its way in our hearts and minds today. Father, we pray for every person watching online and remotely. Father, we pray uh, for those who have been in isolation, for those who have been sick over the last week or two. Father, we pray that You would bring them through and restore them to complete health in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I ask that you would send your spirit right now into that, their environment, bring comfort to their hearts through the preaching of the word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You know, I find uh, New Year's Day and New Year's Eve gatherings quite interesting. I find them interesting because in the conversation, there's an element of sentiment about the year that's gone and there's an element of optimism for the year that's ahead. But I don't know about you, but I felt a little bit different this year. I was asked at a barbecue last week to reflect on the year that's been. And the question kind of caught me off guard. Because how do you reflect on something that's a blur? But as I continued to reflect and as I thought a little bit deeper, there are a lot of things I can be grateful for. But then there, I can't neglect the challenges either. And as we come into the second Sunday of 2022, I think the question is not so much the year that's been. The question is, how do we posture ourselves as Christians to move forward in 2022? How do we posture ourselves in, in a world that is fearful? In a world that is agitated? You know, Jesus, in John chapter 14, for the first time in that gospel, He begins to talk to His disciples about what life will be like after He goes to the cross and rises again and ascends to the Father. He begins to talk to them about the Holy Spirit. He begins to show them what the Spirit's work is. But before he does that, he gives them this charge. In the first part of John 14, 1, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. The Greek word for troubled means to be agitated, to be tossed to and fro, to be to- for something to be tossed to and thro- fro that needs to remain at ease. That's the context of that word. I don't know about you, but I'd love to stand here and say, I'm as cool as a cucumber. I'm always at peace all the time. But I do get agitated sometimes. What about you? We're on a journey, right? I do get worried sometimes. But we're all on this journey together. And and I think what's important is that Jesus gives us a bedrock foundation behind why we can be at peace behind why we can guard our hearts against the agitation that is going on right now. He goes on to say in John 14, the second part of verse one through to verse three, he says, believe in God, 
Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Church, this earth is not your home. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for all that belong to Him. And He gives us a bedrock foundation behind why we can be at peace. And we can walk in His peace. This is critical. Part of the reason why this is so critical is because when you know heaven is your home, it helps you understand proper priorities and how to put God first and honour Him and, and understand that we are living in this world, but we are not of this world. And if we're going to move forward in 2022 and posture ourselves as Christians, we need to be at rest in our position. And that's our first point. Be at rest in your position. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He has seated you in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Remember uh, Peter, for example. Peter was one of the Jesus' disciples and he was in the room when Jesus was commanding his disciples to not let their hearts be troubled. Peter was in the conversation. Peter understood that Jesus was going a way to prepare a place for Him, for the church, for those who belong to Jesus. And decades later, this is what the Apostle Peter says to the church. Are you ready for it? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Decades later, one of the disciples who was in that conversation in John 14 came to the realisation that the hope that he has in heaven is a cause for great rejoicing. It's a cause for great rejoicing. Jesus has made the way for us. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one goes to the Father except by Him. And so He's gone to prepare a place and that's a cause for great rejoicing. You know, my, my grandmother... She's an amazing lady. And I was chatting to Stacey about it the other day. I don't think there's a human being on the planet who has impacted me up to this point as much as she did. Uh, I'm one of eight grandchildren and uh, I was her favourite. Unashamedly, unapologetically, she would say in front of my sisters, brother, cousins, she says, I have eight grandchildren. I love you all, but kind of love the most. She, she, she was an old Greek lady. And you know how old Greek ladies communicate? Direct. 
straight between the eyes. No filter, they'll tell you how it is. And you know, uh, in 2012, my grandmother uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And I remember going for a walk with her shortly after we received that diagnosis. And I don't know about you, but when I talk to elderly people, in my mind I think, they've got to be thinking about eternity. They've got to be thinking about eternity more than what they did when they were younger. And I, for one, probably don't think about eternity as much as what they would right now. But I'm going to ask the question. And so I, 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 as we're walking, I said to her, do you, um, do you think about what happens after this life? And she says, I do. And I said to her, are you confident that when you pass from this life, you'll go and be in the arms of Jesus in heaven? And her answer was somewhere along the lines of, I don't know. I hope so. And it was in that moment that I gently began to share with her the gospel. Very gently sharing with her that Jesus bore her judgment. He bore her sin. And, and, and if she were to say yes to Jesus and put her faith in Jesus, she would receive the forgiveness of her sins, past, present and future. Acts 10. 37 and 39, it's not, in, it's not on the screen, but just bear with me. It talks about that. Those who place their faith in Jesus are justified from all things. And I believe as we prayed on that walk, she, she gave her heart to the Lord. She, she came to a saving faith in Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul puts it this way, this way in Colossians 1, 3 to 5. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel. The gospel, it's good news. Can you see in that verse, faith, hope and love in action? How do I want to posture myself as a Christian? How do I want to live as a Christian between now and the time He comes and gets me? It's faith in Jesus Christ, love for all the saints and everyone else, <laughs> and hope, the hope of heaven. This earth is not our home. Second point is this. We need to lean into the promise Jesus begins to talk to them about the promise of the Spirit that He's going to send to them. We live in the fulfilment of that. We live on the other side of the cross. So for those of us who've received Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. And we're going to look at what some of the work of the Spirit is in these, these coming verses. John 14, 16 and 17 says this, I'll ask the Father and He will give you another helper that He may be with you forever. How long is He going to be with you, church? Forever. That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. Look at how secure you are as a believer. Your Saviour has gone to prepare an eternal dwelling for you. And in the meantime... He sent His eternal Spirit to dwell inside you who will live in you forever. 
I don't know about you, but that's a cause for great rejoicing. He's our helper. He is your helper. Do you know the Greek word for helper means legal advocate. He comes alongside as a legal advocate. And do you know what a legal advocate does? A legal advocate bears witness. He bears testimony. And his testimony is always true. Do you know why? Because he is the spirit of truth. Never got it wrong. Will never get it wrong. He is the spirit of truth and he bears witness. What does he bear witness to? Hebrews 10, 15 to 17. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws upon their heart and on their mind I will write them. He then says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. First of all, He testifies that you're forgiven. That's good news. Do you know why that's good news? Because when you know that you're forgiven, you can live with settled peace in your heart. He said it. He testifies that we are forgiven. The work that Jesus did on the cross is perfect. He, he dealt with your sins once and for all. He said, it is finished. It's good news. He also testifies to His laws, His, His, His ways that He deposits in our heart. That is why it's so important to be in the Word of God. Because the Spirit bears witness to the truth. And the more truth I have deposited on the inside of me, it cultivates intimacy. So I was asked this week, how do I grow in intimacy with God? Great question. It's a question I don't think I could answer straight away, but I gave him an answer. The more I thought about it, the more I realised Jesus' words, how He says, those who love me will do what I say. So it's not just in your prayer time, it's not just in your worship time, it's not just in your Bible reading. All those things are extremely important. But it's in the moment by moment. How do I allow the Spirit to work with the, with the truth that is already deposited in my spirit? Am I loving my wife? Am I laying my life down for her? Am I submissive to my husband? Am I a hard worker? Am I applying myself? To, to all these things, they're, 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 these, are, these are part and parcel of what's in Scripture. And the Spirit bears witness to that. Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. What that verse is not saying is work for your salvation. It says outwork it. Why? Because God's already working in you to will and to do according to His good pleasure. You cannot outwork something you are trying to possess. You cannot outwork something you don't possess. But if you're a Christian, you possess it. So we outwork it. 
through obedience to the scriptures, to allowing the word to do its work in our heart, finding out what's pleasing to the Lord, because he's the one that's doing the work. And you know, the good, the good news is, the work that he has begun, he is faithful to complete. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing. What are you confident of, Paul? Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He's going to complete it. Do you know, uh, his word's also very comforting. His word is also a great source of comfort. When my grandmother was in the last three months of her life, she spent pretty much all of it in hospital. It was a very difficult time for me. Uh, it was a, quite a heartbreaking time seeing her deteriorate. But I, I just remember I, I, I stayed in the, in the Word. I kept, I actually was reading the Psalms. And there was a Psalm that, a, a verse that jumped out at me that actually helped to cultivate that intimacy and, and, and helped me be at peace in the midst of what, I was staring down the barrel of losing someone that was very dear to me. And the psalm was this, Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is near the, to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Yes, heaven is a promise of great rejoicing, but sometimes we go through things in time where we need the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the, and the comfort of the Scriptures. And recognise that He saves those who are crushed in spirit. He, he, he's close to the brokenhearted. And rather than become bitter at the situation, I can actually reach out to a God that is near. He bears witness to the Scriptures. So I want to be in the Scriptures. I want to imbibe the Scriptures. I want, to, I, I, I want the Scriptures. Give me the Word of God because it shows me the character and the heart and the nature of my Saviour. It shows me what He loves. It shows me what He hates. It helps me order my life in a way that is honouring and pleasing to Him. Lean into the promise. Jesus said in John 14, 25 to 26, These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Final point is this, your peace has been purchased. Your peace has been purchased. Jesus goes on in John 14 towards the end of that chapter to say these words. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be fearful. He doesn't give as the world gives. Do you know why? Because there is no other human being on the planet who gave their life for you. There is no other human being on the planet who can offer you peace that is eternal, peace that is constant, peace that was purchased. This is a journey. We don't always get it right. We're not always cool as cucumbers. Cucumbers are cool, right? It's a journey. It was a journey for the disciples. It's going to be a journey for us. Do you know why? Because six chapters later, after Jesus gives them this counsel, He says this, 
this is what happens in John 20 verse 19. They were actually, all the disciples were in the upper room and they were there together. They were there because they were afraid. Just six chapters after Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. This is a journey. They were there because they were afraid. And look what happens. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut, where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. He's attracted to our weakness. He's attracted to our vulnerability. With all that's going on in the world right now, He's attracted to your weakness. He knows your weak spots. And He appeared to them and He said, peace be with you. And then He does something that is quite interesting in John 20 verse 20. And we had, when He had said this, He showed them both His hands and His side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Why did He show them His hands and His side? I was talking uh, about this verse with my son the other day. And he said, maybe He did that so they knew it was Him. Pretty right? Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate, right? Do you know why? Because a chastisement for your peace fell upon Him and by His wounds, you were healed. Come on, give God a hand for that. Isaiah 53 verse 5. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him and by His stripes, we are healed. What is the source of your peace? Keep your eyes fixed on the risen Saviour who reminds you that the price has been paid for your peace. We can live in that peace. We can walk in that peace. And not just that, but His sacrifice has made the way for us to enter in boldly. His blood opened up the way for us to enter in boldly into the throne of grace. You might be here this morning and you may not have ever known what it's what it means to have a relationship with God. The truth is, every single one of us at some stage who have received Jesus Christ at some stage lived apart from Him. But we accepted His finished work. He saved us. And He's opened the way for us to enter in and have relationship with a God who loves us and, and gave His life for us to have that. You may never have experienced that. You may never have known that. And if you're watching online, I believe this is for you as well. If you've never said yes to Jesus or put your faith and trust in His finished work, the Bible says that those who confess Him as Lord and Saviour and believe that He rose from the dead will be saved. With every head bowed and every eye closed all across this place,
in a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. And for those of you who have never known what it is to have a relationship with God, this prayer is for you. You're not praying to me, you're praying to Jesus. You are talking to Jesus and you are asking Him to come in. By praying that prayer, you are saying, I don't place my faith in myself. I place my faith and my trust in the One who gave up His life to bring me into God's love. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, why don't you repeat these words after me, if that's you, and we're all gonna join in by way of encouragement. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God. You came to earth. You died for me. You rose again on the third day and are alive forevermore. Forgive my sin, remove my shame and make me new. I confess You as my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.